Welcome, everyone, to the PFF Fantasy Podcast. I'm your host, John Macri, fantasy analyst here at PFF, and I am once again joined on this Waiver Wire Tuesday by PFF's lead fantasy analyst, the one and only Nathan Yonke. Nate, what's what's going on, my friend? Hey, uh, sorry that we are late starting this, but we had some pretty big news overnight with Justin Jefferson and Devin Achan both suffering injuries that they'll be out for a while so had to make edits to the waiver wire article so we had more players to talk about today in our waiver wire section yeah yeah it's a it's a bummer we get it we got these injuries coming off of uh, week five but it gives us a few more waiver wire targets obviously nobody's going to replace justin at jefferson but uh, hopefully we can try to find some other options to Help fill fill that hole in the meantime. Um, but yeah, we're coming off uh, mo- another Monday night football game. Uh, it was a, okay. It was a decent game. I, I felt like. I mean, we had the 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 Carlson brothers kicking against each other, um, which was cool and obviously something that Josh McDaniels wanted to showcase and, and cash in on because uh, he made them go for it, uh, go for a field goal, fifty two yarders on fourth and one late in the game. But um, other than that, uh, we'll, we'll kind of do like a quick recap and talk some of the the main fantasy takeaways from that one so nate uh where do you want to start in this uh raiders packers uh matchup from last night um i think we'll start with christian watson it was good to see him go back to having a full-time role he started the season missing the first couple games came back last week but only played uh, just under 50 percent of offensive snaps he at least scored a touchdown in that game but uh, they had a bit of time off, so it was good to see him have time to recover. Uh, didn't have an injury designation, which was good to see. So he was basically back to a full-time role, playing the vast majority of snaps. Um, took off a couple plays here and there, particularly after he was targeted. He had a couple of deep targets in this one. Um, it didn't have any impact on Romeo Dobbs. Dobbs continued to see the clear majority of snaps at the other outside receiver spot. No impact on Jaden Reed. Um, he continued to play 11 personnel and no other personnel groupings, just like he has all season. So uh, Packers wide receivers were at least full, at full strength, but Jordan Love and the Packers offense in general was not. So didn't lead to a lot of fantasy production from any of the wide receivers outside of Watson catching that 70-something yard pass. So he at least got to 91 yards, but a lot of that came on one play. And for the longest time, it was the Packers tight ends that were leading the team in receiving yards. Um, switching topics there, Luke Musgrave was benched at one point in the game, missed about nine plays after the first drive. Uh, we could see that he was getting chewed out by uh, head coach Matt LaFleur. So not exactly sure what happened, but he missed nine plays from that. Um Kind of annoyingly for fantasy managers, Josiah DeGuara and Ben Sims both had catches during that time um, and ended up they were the top two players on the Packers in terms of receiving yards in the first half. But luckily, uh, Musgrave continued to have his usual role for the rest of the game after that benching. Um, saw a number of targets, especially late in the game. So if you were trusting him for whatever reason, you at least got a number of receptions out of him. Um, ideally, he's back to seeing his over 75% of offensive snaps going forward. And this is not an issue going forward. Yeah, let's hope so. Um, it was just a short stint in the doghouse there for Luke Musgrave. But yeah, not a great night for the Packers offense uh, all around, which in which should have been like a pretty decent matchup for them too. But Jordan Love, yeah, the three interceptions. I mean, Christian Watson almost had a touchdown. Marcus Peters, obviously, with the, the horse collar tackle uh, down near the goal line, which, which kind of robbed him of that. But no Aaron Jones in this game either. A.J. Dillon um, took over that load. But they are on a bye week uh, next week, so hopefully it gives Aaron Jones a little bit more time to to heal from that hamstring injury and we'll be back for uh, week seven um on the Raiders side of things Devontae Adams his first game versus uh the Green Bay Packers just four targets four catches 45 yards but Jacoby Myers a star again 10 targets seven catches 75 yards and a touchdown that was nice to see um anything else stand out to you Nate about this Raiders uh offense uh, the one interesting thing is we saw DeAndre Carter uh, kind of emerge as competition for the third receiver spot. Uh, some of it is they wanted to have some uh, 
somewhat trick plays where he was involved in the run game. So it was typically Renfro on passing plays and Carter a bit more mixed in his role, but they were pretty close to even in terms of playing time. Uh, we've seen Renfro, his percentage of offensive snaps decline for four straight weeks now. Um, he's been the subject of trade rumors ever since they added Jacoby Myers. Uh, Myers has lined up predominantly on the outside throughout this season, so they aren't really competing for snaps at the moment, but uh, Renfro definitely at best the third receiver, and if they're getting DeAndre Carter, who is a traditional slot receiver, more involved, uh, this could be more indication that they could be looking to trade Renfro. So not expecting Carter or Renfro to be fantasy relevant if they stay with the Raiders, but there's a chance that if Renfro gets traded to a team where he has a big role, he could be fantasy relevant at some point this season. Yeah. Yeah. Feels like a Patriots guy. Uh, maybe their next like <laughs> Wes Welker, Julian Edelman, like little slot receiver there. Uh, but we'll see what happens with Hunter Renfro going forward. Um, anything else in this game um, to focus on, or you want to get into the, the waiver news? Um Last little bit, uh, Michael Mayer did catch two passes for 39 yards, so that was good to see considering he only had one catch over the first four weeks of the season. Uh, he still has the exact same role he had before of being the primary blocking back as well as seeing a little bit of time on passing down, so it was just good to see him get a few catches. They were using a little bit more two tight end sets than they have been in most of the games this season, so that was also good to see. Um, not to the point where I'm looking to pick him up off the waiver wire, but he's at least heading in a good direction where he might be a waiver wire target in future weeks. Nice. Makes sense. All right. Um, that is going to do it for Monday Night Football. Let's go on to the waivers. Um, but before we do that, I do want to give a shout out to our presenting sponsor, Fabric by Gerber Life. Fall is all about the back to school and back to routine checklist. And the most important task on that list should be securing your family's financial future, starting with life insurance. Fabric by Gerber Life makes it quick, easy, and affordable to protect your family so you can get back to enjoying life. Fabric was designed by parents for parents to help you get a high quality, surprisingly affordable term life insurance policy in less than 10 minutes. Fabric has flexible policies that fit your family and your budget with quality policies like a million dollars in coverage for less than a dollar a day. Get your personalized quote in just minutes and then apply when it's convenient for you. It's all online and on your schedule. You can go from start to covered in less than 10 minutes with no health exam required. Join the thousands of parents who trust Fabric to protect their family. Apply today in just minutes at meetfabric.com slash fantasy. That's meetfabric.com slash fantasy, M-E-E-T, fabric.com slash fantasy. Policies issued by Western Southern Life Assurance Company, not available in certain states, prices subject to underwriting and health questions. All right, let's get into it here and start things off with the quarterbacks uh, as we do. And we'll start uh, with the first two guys on the list here because they're names that we've mentioned before, but they are still uh, available in, in a decent amount of leagues here. And that is Matthew Stafford of the Los Angeles Rams, who is rostered in just uh, 34% of ESPN leagues. And Sam Howell of the Washington Commanders, uh, who is rostered in just 17% of ESPN League. So, uh, Nate, which guys do you want to uh, dive in on here first? Oh, we'll start with Stafford, and we can probably be pretty brief with the quarterbacks, considering we've talked about them, and there's a lot to talk about at running back and wide receiver. <laughs> um, it seems like every week, whoever the top quarterback is ends up getting over 50%, whether it's been C.J. Stroud, uh, Brock Purdy, Jordan Love. Uh, we've seen all these guys uh, get their roster ship pretty high. So even though we have Stafford as the top guy, I'm not sure he's over that many quarterbacks that are currently on rosters. But the big thing is uh, he's been dropping back to pass a ton, both him and Howell. They're one and two in terms of dropbacks so far this season. Um, obviously, having Cooper Cup back is going to help Stafford going forward. Cup had 118 yards in his first game. Should continue to see plenty of passing yards. Um, Stafford is uh, in the top five in terms of passing yards so far this season. The big thing is he hasn't been throwing for many touchdowns, just five so far this season. Would expect that passing touchdown rate to go up, especially with cutbacks. So I think Stafford can be someone who's in the mix to be a fantasy starter every week, just depending on the matchup. And I would say this matchup in particular against the Arizona Cardinals this week is fairly good. So if you are looking for a streamer quarterback this week, Stafford is probably the guy I'd look at. 
Nice. I like that. Um, and then, yeah, Sam Howell, um, he, he, he kind of scared us in, in the first half. I think he only had 71 yards passing against the Bears defense on Thursday night, um, a, a, as well as an interception. Kate and I had talked him up quite a bit on the, the preview show, but he he redeemed himself in the second half, 317 yards passing, two touchdowns. Uh, so that kind of saved the day. And then you had the stat as well about the Washington Commanders um, passing offense. What what was the the consecutive stretch there again for them? It was 55 consecutive plays where he dropped back to pass and didn't have a design run play that was from early in the second quarter all the way to the end of the game. Just noticed that Brian Robinson uh, had six carries early in the by the start by early in the second quarter, and then that number did not go up. Antonio Gibson, first game in his career where he did not have a rushing attempt, so it was just. So many dropbacks, so it was fun trying to figure out how to write that query to figure out if that was the best streak that we have seen in the NFL, but was able to get that out by the end of the game. But uh, he just is passing so much. He is running the ball a little bit more the past two weeks as well, so his scrambling is also nice to see. Um, not someone I'd probably put in my starting lineup quite yet, considering there's plenty of other good quarterback options, but I think he is someone that could continue to improve uh, throughout the season, considering this is his first year as a starter and uh, he's just passing so much that having the volume certainly helps him there. For sure. Um, and then the other three uh, quarterbacks that you had put on the list here, Bryce Young of the Carolina Panthers coming off the best fantasy game of his career so far with a QB 10 finish. And then we also have Gardner Minshew of the Indianapolis Colts, uh, and Tyrod Taylor of the New York Giants, both of those starting quarterbacks dealing with some injuries there. So anybody you want to expand on uh, here, Nate? I will focus on Minshew since Young will probably be on this list for a while since I do expect him to prove, improve over the second half of the season. And there is some hope that Daniel Jones will be able to play next week. So um, Tyrod Taylor, probably not the best option unless the Giants are being overly optimistic about Jones' injury at this point in the week where with Minshew, uh, Anthony Richardson is expected to miss the next uh, month of football at least. So Minshew should be the guy going forward. Um, he has looked pretty decent so far this year uh, in place of Richardson. Uh, passing has been remarkably similar to Richardson, uh, probably a little more conservative in his throws, uh, making a little bit faster time to throw, a little bit more accurate, but that also means uh, fewer big plays, but that's fine for fantasy considering he's been consistent there. Um, the big thing for him is how much he will end up rushing the ball. I don't think it will be quite as much as Anthony Richardson has been. Um, he's only run the ball four times so far this season uh, in the time that he's been playing, but he has a history of running the ball uh, a lot in previous times where he's been a starter. So um, could see him running plenty, and especially when they need one yard to go for either a score or a first down. Um, they've been doing that all the time, so expect him to be running a lot and also if you're looking for a quarterback this week um he is playing the jacksonville jaguars so it is a revenge game for him mm -hmm. as well and jacksonville has allowed plenty of fantasy points to quarterbacks this year so he's not a bad option this week especially if you're in a super flex league nice good call yeah always love a good revenge game um all right let's go on to the running backs here because there are a decent amount of names um on this list to target and starting at the top, uh, Roshan Johnson, who is rostered in just 37% uh, of ESPN leagues, as well as Deontay Foreman, uh, who's rostered in about 5% of the Chicago Bears, both of those guys there. Um, and then we also have Amari DiMarcado of the Arizona Cardinals, who is available in pretty much every single league. He's only rostered in 0.3% of leagues. Um, and then also Jeff Wilson, 29.7% roster ship. And Chris Brooks of the Miami Dolphins, both of those guys over there. And Brooks is not rostered in any leagues uh, on ESPN right now. So all these running backs, the starters dealing with some injuries here, Nate. So uh, would you want to start with Roshan Johnson and the Bears? Uh, sure. So we were just talking about that Thursday night game where it was Washington who completely abandoned the run, but it was Chicago who lost all of their running backs and still ended up running the ball anyway. Um, we saw the rotation start as the same way that it has with Khalil Herbert taking the first two drives, Roshan Johnson taking the third drive. Uh, Herbert ended up having a high ankle sprain late in the game. 
he's expected to miss the next several weeks, which is why the Chicago running backs are at the top of our list. Since Johnson has been a pretty consistent player that we've talked about as someone who could see an increased role over time. And now he should be the starter assuming that he's healthy, but he also suffered a concussion in this past game. Um, Ideally, he plays this week. Typically, people with a concussion end up missing a game, but Chicago has had a little bit extended time considering they played on Thursday night football. So at least a chance Johnson plays this week, but still want to pick him up because he should be the starter for at least a couple of games and have a fairly big role. So um, because we know he would be the guy He's probably at the top of this list compared to some of these other injury situations where there's a little bit of uncertainty of how things will shake out. And then uh, Deonta Foreman, he's been inactive the past couple weeks. But if Johnson does miss this week in particular with the concussion, I would expect Foreman to be pretty much in every down back. Uh, Travis Homer was also injured this past week, so um, he didn't see any time on offense. So Foreman could see upwards of 70, 80 plus percent of offensive snaps for Chicago, get the vast majority of the carries. And uh, it's against the Minnesota Vikings who have allowed a decent amount of fantasy points to running backs. So it would be a fine matchup for him. So being able to pick up a running back who can be inserted into your starting lineup for a week is always good to have. So Johnson's the top priority, but it's worth picking up for him in, in case Johnson misses this week. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I I feel optimistic that that Johnson will play just because like the longer stretch uh, of time where they since they last played, like you said, the Thursday night game, and we saw Luke Musgrave who who also got a concussion last Thursday night. Um, they did play Monday, so he had an extra day, but I think he cleared um, by like Friday or something like that. The concussion protocol. So hopeful for Johnson. I know everybody kind of um, re- responds to to concussions differently, so we'll see how he kind of um, gets healthy here this week, but. Nice call there because, yeah, Khalil Herbert is expected to miss time. And then somebody else, we, we don't have like a clear um, outlook for, for James Conner of the Arizona Cardinals. He's potentially going to miss time with this knee injury. So uh, MRE DiMarcado of the Arizona Cardinals, Nate, um, he's he's the next guy up on your list here. Oh, yeah, the Cardinals situation is going to be interesting to see how it unfolds. Uh, James Conner suffered a knee injury in the second quarter, did not return to the game. There has been uh, no news about uh, the severity of the injury to this point, but they did claim Tony Jones off of waivers from the New Orleans Saints. Uh, Jones had been seeing some playing time uh, with New Orleans with all the injuries they've had at running back plus the suspension to Kamara. So Jones has a decent amount of experience, so he could get involved. Um, Keontae Ingram started the season as the primary backup, but he's been out with injury recently. Um, Ingram was playing more in run situations, DeMarcado more in passing situations. Uh, this past week, uh, Corey Clement was brought up from the practice squad, uh, was able to play in this game, but after the Connor injury, DeMarcado took all of the snaps, Con- or Clement did not play at all. So at least trusting DeMarcado over Clement, um, just with the injury, I'm probably leaning DiMarcado, as well as the fact that he's playing more in passing situations, and I expect Arizona more often to than not to be playing from behind. So DiMarcado would be seeing more playing time, even if it is some kind of split. But there is a chance that Jones also gets involved in the offense. So um, you can probably take Darth Rose at any three of these running backs, and we could find out later today that Connor is going to be just fine, in which case I wouldn't be targeting any of these players. But if we find out that Connor is going to miss a week or two, um, then it's worth at least targeting DiMarcado, especially in deeper leagues. But if this is a season-ending injury, then I would probably target all three of these running backs, just put in claims. And if you don't get one of them, hopefully you get another one and we can see how this backfield unfolds going forward. But the status of Connor will play a big role in how much you want to target any of these players so keep an eye out on the news throughout the rest of the day and hopefully we get a clearer picture of the extent of connor's injury yeah hopefully nothing too serious there but yeah like you said there there's some cardinals running backs uh widely available in pretty much every league i, I know even demarcado in like the deepest of leagues i've seen him available there so um something to keep an eye on and then in miami 
We got news uh, this morning, pretty much, that Devin Achan's um, knee injury is expected to cost him uh, at least a few weeks, potentially land him on IR. So um, we know Raheem Mostert is there as well, but uh, there's a couple other uh, Miami running backs that might be of interest. Yeah, so we expect Mostert to continue to be the starter. He's been playing between 40 and 60% of snaps these last couple weeks, but was playing as much as 73%. Uh, to begin the season, but we have seen uh, Miami's capable of having two fantasy relevant running backs so far this season. Um, Short term, Chris Brooks might be the guy to target. I know uh, most of Twitter has been focused on Jeff Wilson Jr. at the moment, but I think Brooks at least has a chance to earn that second job. Uh, He was active in week three because Salvin Ahmed was out with an injury and Brooks saw significant playing time in the fourth quarter uh, in that blowout victory where they scored 70 points. So Brooks saw pretty significant opportunity in that fourth quarter while they were trying to run out the clock, but uh, they didn't do a great job of running out the clock because Brooks was doing such a good job running the ball that they kept scoring anyway. Um, He avoided just as many tackles as Mostert and HN in that one, they all avoided six tackles each in the run game. And HN or and Brooks was averaging even more yards after contact per carry than the other two running backs. So Brooks played very well. Uh, he's currently our second highest graded running back, albeit on 20 snaps. So it's not a huge sample size. So we would expect his grade to potentially go down with a larger sample. But we did see this past week that Ahmed was off the injury report but was a healthy and active. So Brooks was already ahead of him on the depth chart. So he's currently number two. I expect him to see plenty of playing time this week. And if he continues to play well, I think he's could be the better high upside option with how well he played in week three. But uh, Wilson is eligible to come off of injured reserve. He was eligible last week, but they didn't open the practice window, which wasn't a great sign at that time. Uh, There are reports that they are planning on opening that practice window this week. So we should, we could potentially see him in a limited role this week. They could also wait a week or two before uh, they have him on the active roster. Um, He was leading Miami in offensive snaps to end last season when both him and Mostert were healthy. So they do think pretty highly of Wilson, but I am a little bit concerned about the injury and it could be that Wilson is not healthy until about the time that HN is also healthy again. So Wilson might not work out. So I think Brooks is probably the higher upside option of these two running backs, but I think Wilson is probably the safer bet, but it might take a week or two before he is that safer bet. Nice. I like it. Yeah. Chris Brooks, I, again, widely available, 0% uh, rostership on ESPN league. So he's somebody to definitely prioritize now. Um, all right, let's go to some running back situations where there maybe isn't as much injury involved. Uh, we got Chuba Hubbard of the Carolina Panthers rostered in 18% of ESPN leagues, Ezekiel Elliott of the new England Patriots at 43%. Um, and Zach Charbonnet of the Seattle Seahawks at 26%. Anybody want to focus on specifically here? Um, I think we can kind of briefly run through them since we talked about a few of these guys on yesterday's show. So if you want to hear a little bit more detail about them, go ahead and listen to that one. But uh, Hubbard uh, saw the majority of snaps for Carolina was very slight, but over Miles Sanders for a second straight week, saw a lot of running attempts in this one. He's been the better runner of the two going forward or so far this season. So he could be the primary runner going forward. Uh, Sanders has been limited with a groin injury, so it could just be the groin injury that's limiting Sanders, and Sanders could be back to his old self sooner rather than later, but I think there's at least a chance that uh, Juba's going to be the guy for Carolina for the rest of the season if Sanders continues to play at the level he's been playing at, so if you have a chance to get a player who's seeing significant playing time and could be the main guy over the rest of the season, that's someone at least worth considering. Nice. Yeah. And then, yeah, we talked about the Ezekiel Elliott situation um, and, and him getting a little bit more involved this past week with Ramondre Stevenson um, and then Zach Charbonnet uh, as well. We talked about him um, in, in a previous, uh, I think last week's waiver wire episode, right? With um, uh, mm-hmm. with him getting slightly more involved as well. Yeah. So I think another guy even going after that, uh, Jaleel McLaughlin mm-hmm. of the Denver Broncos, uh, Javante Williams, did end up missing last week with an injury. It was a game time decision. 
but McLaughlin has been looking very good as a runner so far this season. He's continuing to average a very high yards per carry, average 7.6, so I wouldn't be surprised if he continues to see at least some playing time, even when Williams is back, so um, he's kind of someone to take a gamble on, just a young player who's playing well, and ideally he has a chance to earn more playing time, so um, considering how Denver's been playing so far this season, they might want to continue to shake things up and um, let their young players uh, play more, especially if they're out of the playoff picture late in the season. So I think he's an interesting player to stash, especially as I expect him to be dropped from a number of leagues once we have good news on Williams health. So I'd probably, if he's not available in your league now, wait to see if he gets dropped in the next week or two and then pick him up and stash him for the long term. Yeah, makes sense. And, and like you said, he's been the most effective runner on the team. He's the only player on the team that has a rushing touchdown um, so far this season for the Broncos. Um, all right. And then the other names on this list, we also have uh, Justice Hill of the Baltimore Ravens rostered in 24% of leagues. Matt Breida of the New York Giants in 27%. Tajay Spears of the Tennessee Titans at 25%. Kendra Miller of the New Orleans Saints at 7%. And Keaton Mitchell of the Baltimore Ravens at 5%. So um, who, who do you want to cover here, uh, Nate? I think I'll go with Spears first. I know uh, he's been somewhere on this list basically every week so far this season. He just continues to play very well. And if Tennessee is out of the playoff picture late in the season, I could see him increasing his amount of playing time. He has been playing at least 50% of offensive snaps in four of the five games so far this season. Uh, just as averages two yards more per carry than Henry so far this season, uh, recording a higher first down rate. Uh, and has more carry or has just as many carries of 10 or more yards as Henry, despite Henry having three times the number of carries. So if Spears just continues to play this well, I have a hard time seeing Tennessee not getting Spears more involved. So I want to pick him up now before that happens and before he becomes one of the top guys on this list. Mm -hmm. And then I'd add Miller as well. I think it was just interesting that Saints released Tony Jones, who's now with Arizona. Um, they only had two running backs on the active roster, which they can kind of get away with because they also have Taysom Hill, who's capable of playing running back. But Miller got a little bit more involved in the offense. Uh, this was his best game of the season. I don't expect him to overtake Alvin Kamara anytime soon, but I think it was just good to see Miller get more involved. And when there's a rookie running back who's getting more involved early in the season, I think that's at least worth considering. So while there are plenty of other running backs on this list, especially if you're looking for short-term options, if you are in a deeper league and looking for someone to stash for the long-term just to see if they work out, I think Miller's stock has rised over the past week. Nice. I like that. Um, all right. Hopefully nobody can hear uh, my one-year-old having a meltdown in the background. I think he just found out that uh, Justin Jefferson landed on IR. Um, but uh, before we go on to the rest of the, um, the the picks here, the waiver wire targets, let's go on. Let's do a quick shout out to uh, one of our other sponsors here, DraftKings. Um, the NFL season is going strong and DraftKings Sportsbook is Hooking new customers up with a, an offer that's even stronger. Bet five bucks on any game this week to score $200 instantly in bonus bets. And DraftKings isn't stopping there. All customers can take advantage of a sweeter sweetener offer every game day this October. Get in on the game day greatness. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code PFF. New customers can score $200 instantly in bonus bets when you bet $5 on the NFL. That's code PFF only on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. ctkng.co slash football for eligibility. Terms and responsible gaming resources. Bonus best expires seven days after issuance. Eligibility and deposit restrictions apply. All right. Now let's go on to the wide receivers, Nate. Um, we'll go over some of the the, the first three names here because um, you got a, a, a nice, decent list here again. And starting with Josh Palmer, 
of the Los Angeles Chargers. Still at just 41% roster ship in ESPN leagues. Um, we got another Josh, and that's Josh Downs of the Indianapolis Colts, rostered in 11% of leagues. And KJ Osborne of the Minnesota Vikings, rostered in 22% of leagues. Obviously, this one coming with the Justin Jefferson news. So where do you want to start uh, among these three guys, Nate? Um, we'll start with Palmer. Uh, this week was an interesting one for wide receivers. I typically... On Saturday evening, start to prep the waiver wire article with players that I think I'll be writing about. And there were a lot of guys who were available because they had bye weeks or because they were injured or some reason like that. So we saw a lot of guys who were just around 50%, but saw their uh, roster ship decrease because people were prioritizing people that could help them this weekend. I think Palmer fit that bill. Um, so we've talked about him before, but he just... Uh, has seen significant playing time and saw even more after the Mike Williams injury, had a decent game in his first game without Mike Williams, and then they had the bye this past week. So I think he's someone who's going to be the Chargers starting wide receiver over the rest of the season. Uh, uh, we have a question in the chat of if we prefer Palmer or Johnston for the rest of the season. And I would go with Palmer here. He is slightly higher in my rest of season rankings. I think a little bit just depends on how risky you want to be. I think Palmer is by far the safer option just because he's stayed ahead of Johnston on the depth chart so far throughout this season, throughout the preseason, without any signs of Johnston starting to overtake Palmer. So I think um, Palmer is at least ahead right now and could stay ahead over the rest of the season. I think Johnston, being a first-round rookie, uh, has more upside because we have seen rookies break out in the second half of seasons. It's happened plenty of times before, so it's at least possible that Johnston has a huge second half. But um, Palmer, we kind of know what he is. We know he's capable of being a fantasy starter uh, in the right matchups. So I think Palmer is the one that I prefer going forward. Yeah, makes sense. I, I'm I'm with you there. There hasn't really been the signs, like you said, of, of Quentin Johnston kind of taking over just yet. And I know they're coming out of a bye week, so we'll see what, what happens there if there's any kind of more signs. But I'm I'm still a believer that Josh Palmer is probably going to be heavily involved as well. Um, how about the other Josh? Uh, Josh Downs of the Indianapolis Colts. He had a decent game as well. And we've seen him. We've talked about him a little bit, getting a little bit more involved. Um, and he's still on the waiver wire list this week as well. Yeah, caught six passes for 97 yards, which was huge. And the big thing with him is he's been doing well in the games where Gardner Minshew has seen significant playing time and not as well in the games with Anthony Richardson so far this season. And that kind of matches what I was saying before, uh, Minshew versus Richardson, of Richardson taking a little longer to throw, looking for more of the big plays, which might not necessarily be downs where Minshew's been a little bit more conservative, quicker passes, and a lot of them have gone to downs, so... Downs has a 24.2% target rate in the three games where Minshew has seen significant playing time and just a 12.9% target rate in the two games where Minshew has not seen significant playing time. So since we expect to see Minshew over the next month, at least, I think Downs will be a huge part of the offense during that time. So I think Downs is someone that you could potentially start over these next couple of weeks, especially if he has a good matchup. And considering he plays in the slot, uh, you can look for teams that uh, give up a lot of fantasy points to slot receivers in the past. So that should be a good indication of which matchups Downs will play well in. So I'm looking forward to seeing what he can do. And ideally, he plays so well that once Anthony Richardson is back, uh, he knows that he should be targeting Downs more in the future as well. Yeah, Downs has been awesome. Um, been very happy with his start to the year in, in his first season. Um, and then the other one here is, is KJ Osborne. Obviously, Justin Jefferson landing on IR. Um, Nate, KJ Osborne for you. He, he's run more routes than anybody on the team so far this season at 203. Um, just the 12% target rate this uh, this season so far. But uh, you optimistic about him potentially getting a little bit more involved here with Jefferson on IR? I think so, yeah, especially what he was able to do late last season. Had a 10-catch, 157-yard game, a 5-catch, 117 yards all in the last couple weeks of last season. So we know he's capable of having a big game. I don't see him seeing more playing time because of this. I think it'll be largely Jordan Addison who sees a boost. Now he'll play in 12 uh, personnel going forward, 21 personnel. So Addison... 
uh, will probably be the one to lead Minnesota in uh, receiving yards, uh, receptions, and whatnot over this next month. But I think Osborne should at least see more targets going forward. Um, he had a decent enough target share last season when they had a bunch of wide receivers. So expect Osborne to at least see a boost compared to what we've seen so far this season. Um, it's worth noting they have matchups against Chicago and San Francisco over the next two weeks. Uh, both of those teams have been below average in terms of uh, how they've done against fantasy wide receivers. So that's good news for Osborne. So I think you can pick him up, uh, potentially start him, depending on how many wide receivers you're starting and what your other options are. But if he's not doing well over these next two weeks, then you're probably fine to drop him at that point because the matchups become a little bit more difficult. So I think especially if you're looking for a short-term option at wide receiver for the next week or two, Osborne's a good bet there. Yeah, I like it. And, and we probably figure he'll be the, the third option there, right, in Minnesota behind TJ Hawkinson as well. Um, and like you said, Jordan Addison, Jordan Addison. But yeah, 18% target rate this past week with, with Jefferson, like not playing the full game, not being 100% healthy. So a little bit better than his average um, for the year. So um, there's at least hope there for KJ Osborne. Uh, let's go on to some of the other names on this list. Uh, we have Elijah Moore of the Cleveland Browns coming out of a bye week. He is rostered in just 45% of leagues. Uh, we also got Zay Jones of the Jacksonville Jaguars at 37%. Quinton Johnston of the Los Angeles Chargers at 45%. And we just kind of talked about. Um, and Jaden Reed of the Green Bay Packers at 25%. Uh, where do you want to talk? Or start with with these four guys here. I think we'll start with Elijah Moore, someone who got dropped in a number of leagues with them having the bye week and him not quite living up to expectations so far this season. I think Cleveland has been getting him the ball a lot, which is good to see. He just hasn't been doing as much once he gets the ball in his hands, uh, only averaging 2.9 yards after the catch per reception, which isn't great, and uh, low yards per carry figure as well. Uh, he had a 20-yard loss on a run in his last game, so that uh, significantly impacted his rushing performance so far this season, but they have been running in more than the vast majority of wide receivers in the league. And I think his yards per reception uh, and yards after the catch per reception should be increasing uh, just from simple regression. We have seen him avoid plenty of tackles over the last two seasons. It just hasn't been quite as much so far this year, so... I think Moore is capable of rebounding. I think he should continue to be a large part of the offense and would also note uh, his most disappointing game was in week four, but that was also when they didn't have Deshaun Watson at quarterback. So expect him to do better with Watson, uh, ideally back next week. So I think Moore should be able to play better going forward. And I think he's one of a number of players that you should look to see if he was dropped in your league over the past week. Yeah, Moore is a really interesting player for me because like you said he, he had that uh, down week in week four but somebody that they can get more involved in this offense with some more design touches and things like that and, and to try to help supplement the run game as well with some like design screen passes to him because he's been effective typically with the ball in his hand so if they can maybe get him the ball a little bit more because their run game hasn't really worked that well without Nick Chubb so um, there's potential there for him to kind of get more involved in the next few weeks but anybody else in the in the those next three guys, Zay Jones, Quentin Johnston, Jaden Reed, that you want to touch on in more detail, or do you want to go over to the rest of the list? Um, out of those three, I think uh, going over Zay Jones is probably good just because we've talked about uh, Jones versus Christian Kirk and 12 personnel a lot, uh, both during the preseason and the regular season. Uh, part of Kirk's increase in playing time over these past couple weeks has been because Jones was out with injury. Uh, this past week, we did see Kirk uh, take a lot of those uh, two wide receivers set. So that was good to see for Kirk, but it's unclear if they were just easing Jones back into action or if Kirk has earned that role again and will be back to seeing more of a full-time role like you saw last season. Um, Jones didn't see too many targets because he was playing on a more limited basis and ended up, I believe, re-aggravating his injury, either that or suffering a new injury uh, late in that game. So Jones didn't see playing time late, but he did. Uh, believe catch a touchdown so the big thing with jones appeal is he does catch touchdowns at a fairly high rate especially considering how often he's targeted so i think ideally once he's healthy ideally this isn't a long-term injury if it is then you don't need to be picking up jones at the moment but if he's back to 100 percent sooner rather than later i think he is someone that can 
be started in the right matchups, especially with Calvin Ridley uh, taking the top uh, cornerbacks typically. So Jones should see some pretty light coverage considering all the other players Jacksonville has in their offense. So I think the depth in Jacksonville really helps Jones potential for the rest of the season. Nice. I like it. Um, all right. Some of the other names on this waiver list here, uh, Jamison Williams of the Detroit lions rostered in 40% of ESPN leagues, Traylon Burks of the Tennessee Titans in 48%, Robert Woods of the Houston Texans at 22%, Kendrick Bourne of the New England Patriots at 25%, and then some of the lower rostered players, Trenton Irwin of the Cincinnati Bengals, Jonathan Mingo of the Carolina Panthers, and Kyle Phillips of the Tennessee Titans. So uh, which guy do you want to start with uh, from this group? I think we'll start with Robert Woods. Uh, there's a couple of wide receivers here that they are more so options because of other injuries to wide receivers on their team. So they might be a specific option for this upcoming week. Uh, Tank Dell suffered a concussion in the first half. So Robert Woods ended up seeing more playing time than usual. He also ended up uh, dealing with an injury, a ribs injury uh, throughout the third qu quarter of the game, but he was back for the fourth quarter, just fine. Uh, Woods continued playing in the slot like he has been the past couple weeks, but he saw an increase in playing time uh, in two wide receiver sets. So Woods kind of went back to being a full-time player rather than them having a heavy rotation of players. So if Dell ends up missing a week, I think Woods could have a big week um, playing the New Orleans Saints who have allowed plenty of fantasy points to wide receivers. Um, Woods is someone who... Like when I make these lists, I typically try to cut it off at around 10 wide receivers. It ended up being a bit more this week just with all of the injuries that we had. But Woods is fairly consistently been that like 12th or 13th guy that I might be uh, considering off the waiver wire. But considering the injury and considering the matchup this week, I think Woods could be big this week. Um, Kendrick Bourne, uh, similar situation where he should see more playing time. Uh, both Demario Douglas and Juju Smith-Schuster suffered, uh, I believe it was concussions for both of them this past week. Uh, that allowed Bourne to see a lot more snaps into wide receiver sets rather than just 11 personnel. So uh, with Bourne, he's had a fairly high target share so far this season, has um, and a Patriots offense that hasn't been doing well in general. Bourne has been one of the bright spots there. So I think um, he should see a bit more playing time. So if he, if the other wide receivers end up missing a week, and I think it'll mostly be Juju Smith-Schuster, that'll be the concern. I think if Douglas ends up playing and Smith-Schuster does not play, I think this will still be a big week for Bourne. So he's someone to consider there. And then Trent Irwin, very similar. T. Higgins uh, missed this week with a ribs injury. Irwin did have a decent game, even though it was really Jamar Chase that benefited the most, but Irwin still caught eight passes for 60 yards. Um, didn't play as much in 12 personnel, which was a little disappointing to see, but F Higgins happens to miss another week. Uh, I think there is a higher chance that Higgins ends up playing than these other wide receivers, but F Higgins does miss this week. Uh, they're playing Seattle. Seattle has allowed the second most fantasy points to wide receivers, so Irwin's probably the best option of the three. FT Higgins doesn't play, but I think there's a higher chance T Higgins plays. So might not be as big to target Irwin now, but if we find out that Higgins is not playing, then Irwin is definitely someone that I'd look to pick up for this upcoming week. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. He could probably be somebody that you could pick up even closer to game time rostered in just 0.3% of, of ESPN league. So we, you could don't have to necessarily prioritize him on the waiver wire, but somebody to pay attention to at least as that next man up in Cincinnati. Um, all right. Anybody else in, in the wide receivers you want to touch on or, or should we go to the last group here? Um, I think I'll touch on Kyle Phillips just because yeah. I've been high on him for basically the past two years since <laughs> after the Titans preseason a year ago where he was very consistently the slot receiver, had over a 40% target rate in his first game, and then has just dealt with injury after injury throughout his career so far. Um, he was finally back last week. Uh, they eased him into action, played 14 of a possible 25 snaps when they were in 10 or 11 personnel. Uh, didn't play at all in one or two wide receiver sets as expected. So I uh, would, I think his playing time will increase over these next couple weeks. I think he'll get to a point where he's playing the vast majority of snaps in 10 and 11 personnel. 
Um, has a queer 22.6 target rate. Didn't see too many targets in this game, but just seeing so many targets when he is on the field, there is a chance that he might end up seeing a lot of targets, especially if Tennessee is playing from behind in a lot of games. So if you can get a wide receiver who's getting a lot of passes, uh, especially in PPR leagues, that's always good to see. Nice. There you go. Another one that is widely available. Kyle Phillips of the Tennessee Titans. Um, All right, let's go on to one last ad break here before we talk about the tight ends. And that is our friends over at Manscaped. Uh, Manscaped has taken a step up from Balloween to bring you the bring your face the cleanest shave it's ever seen so this season no need to toil and trouble manscapes all new handyman is the best way to get rid of that stubble featuring a compact design and next gen skin safe technology the handyman was designed to give you the smooth finish without the mess of a traditional shave get the sweetest treat this halloween by going to manscaped.com and use code pff for 20 percent off plus free shipping uh, for wet or dry use, feel free to bring this anywhere and everywhere. The compact design and airplane, airplane friendliness makes this the perfect travel tool for on the go. And being able to shave up to three days growth without the mess of a wet shave is priceless. And for my wolfmen with a little more scruff, Manscaped's Beard Hedger Pro Kit has everything you need to tame your mane. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code PFF at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use code PFF for a look as sweet as candy. Get yourself the handyman from manscaped. All right, let's talk about the tight ends here and not a big list. We, we had a lot of running backs, a lot of wide receivers, only a few tight ends this week. Um, Nate. So we got Luke Musgrave of the green Bay Packers rostered in 23% of ESPN leagues, Logan Thomas of the Washington commanders rostered in 8% and Jonu Smith of the Atlanta Falcons rostered in 9.6%. So, uh, we saw Luke Musgrave last night. Um, let, let's start with him. Um, cause we, he did have a, a little bit of an interesting game and you did touch on it already, but, um, still somebody that's interesting going forward. Uh, yeah, he was a top 10 fantasy tight end over the first three weeks of the season. Uh, dealt with that uh, concussion in week four, and we saw the backup tight end see a decent role after he left with that concussion uh, this past week. Like I said, the other tight ends had some catches when he was benched for those nine plays, and he did end up with a decent number of catches. So uh, would have had a good game had he played the whole game these past two weeks as well. Um, hasn't quite made as many big plays as we were hoping for and hasn't scored as many touchdowns as we'd hoped so far this season, but he's just consistently making a lot of catches. And when you can do that as a rookie tight end in the first half of your career or first half of the season of your career, um, that's just really good to see. So I think those big plays will hopefully come eventually, in which case he'd be a pretty clear cut top 10 fantasy tight end. Until that happens, I think he'll continue to fly a little bit under the radar, especially as other young tight ends like uh, Sam Laporta or Jason Ferguson uh, take a lot of the hype. But um, all three of these tight ends we've talked about before, and I think out of all of them, he's probably the one that has the best potential to be a fantasy starter over the rest of the season. Yeah, nice. We love some Mus- Luke Musgrave. Um, Logan Thomas uh, of the Washington Commanders. Uh, we saw him get a little bit more snaps this past week as well. Uh, yeah, his playing time was decently similar to what it was the week before, but he put up his best numbers that he's had since 2020. A lot of receptions, a lot of receiving yards, which was great to see. Um, his upside was always that uh, he now has Eric Bieniemy as his offensive coordinator, who has plenty of experience with Travis Kelsey. And so far, we have seen Thomas. Um, he did miss time early in the season, but since he's been back, um, having a bigger role than we've seen a lot of last year or even the year before, which has been great to see. And the commanders have favorable matchups these next two weeks, according to our strength of schedule tool. So I think if you're looking for a tight end replacement because you have a player with a bye week, either this week or the following week, Thomas is probably the best person to target there. Nice. And then the last name on the list is just another thorn in the side of Kyle Pitts fantasy managers. And that is Jonu Smith of the Atlanta Falcons. Oh, yeah. Last two weeks, he has 162 receiving yards. So he has the most receiving yards for a tight end in that span. I had 67 yards on six catches this past week. Um, Had a quiet week one, but since then, he has very consistently had over 20% target rate. So uh, at least 22% in the past four games, at least 25% in the last three games. So they are just getting him the ball, which is 
um, annoying for Kyle Pitts fantasy managers, but Smith is someone who for years we thought he'd break out with Tennessee. We thought he'd have a chance at breaking out with New England, but just wasn't getting the opportunities. The talent was always there, and now Atlanta is the team that's utilizing his talent. So even though Pitts is there, I think the two can coexist just fine with how little they are throwing to their wide receivers. So I think even with Pitts there, that's not really a problem for Smith. So um, it'll be interesting to see if the offense continues to evolve, which I think it is evolving at the moment. We saw changes in how they were using their wide receivers this past week. Uh, Cordero Patterson started getting a little bit more involved in the offense. So this is a offense that will change and that might be uh, against the benefit to Smith. But so far he's, um, if you are watching right now, rather than listening, we have a graph up where he's right with Travis Kelsey and Sam Laporta in terms of how many routes he's run so far this season and how many yards per route run he has. So when you're with Travis Kelsey and Sam Laporta, arguably the top two fantasy tight ends, um, you're in good company. Oh man, I yeah, I, I really hate this chart. This is just a frustrating one to see, but it's uh, it highlights what uh, role John Smith has pretty well here. Um, so yeah, promising stuff for him, maybe not so much for Kyle Pitts. So, uh, that will do it at least for the waiver wire targets, uh, for this week. Um, I hope that. You guys all found that helpful. Um, you could always head to Nate's article on pff.com as well to read about all of these players uh, individually. Um, and that should be up on the website right now and updated as well. So definitely go check that out. Like I said, that's it for the waiver wires, but we still have our weekly Tuesday five round draft of random things uh, to do here, Nate. And uh, after the Hall of Fame one last week, I, I ended up picking up the win there. So you'll have the first overall pick in this one. And with uh, we're going back to the MCU because we 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 just can't help ourselves, obviously. And uh, we're really really hoping that Marvel sees how much we've referenced the MCU in these episodes and maybe sends us some free swag or tickets or something like that because tickets are on sale for the Marvels um, coming up uh, today. So that'll be in theaters soon. But we're gonna go with the best female MCU characters for our draft uh, this week, Nate. Um, decent list of of potential characters here to choose from so i'll be interested to see where you go uh with uh, your first overall pick uh yeah even if the mcu doesn't send us merch hopefully they can stop conflicting with thursday night football they have loki <laughs> coming out right in the middle of thursday night football what is that? opening yeah. night of marvels will come out on thursday night football so we'll have to work during the start of those but we'll watch them shortly after but uh, with this draft, um, there are a number of options, but I think I have to go with at least a star character to begin with. And it is October, so drafting a witch with the first overall pick feels like it makes sense. So I will go with Wanda Maximoff, a.k.a. the Scarlet Witch. Um, she's had such a big role and a character arc so far in the MCU, going all the way back to Age of Ultron and what she's done in Doctor Strange recently and her own show, WandaVision. And ideally, she continues to have a big role in the MCU going forward. But I think um, she's just had a big role and I think is probably one of the most well-known female characters of the MCU. And I think one that will hopefully get me a decent amount of votes as well. <laughs> yeah, that I mean, it was either that or or the one I'm going to pick here for my first overall pick as well. So yeah, good pick. Um, can't argue with that. Because I, I went with Black Widow. I was basically just going to take whoever um, you didn't take. I assume that these two would maybe be the top two. Um, so yeah, Natasha Romanoff, the Black Widow, is my first overall pick. Sacrificed herself um, so that the Avengers can get the Soul Stone as well. So hopefully that sacrifice pays off and, and we get some votes uh, that way for people remembering her, um, her sacrifice. Fair enough. Uh, with my second pick, I think I'm going to play a little bit of defense here and try to get someone that I think you will want to pick just to make sure that you can't get her. I know your love of the Guardians of the Galaxy. I'm not sure which of the female characters from Guardians of the Galaxy you would pick the most because there are some good ones in the series, but I'm going to go with Nebula. I think her character arc, especially in Infinity War and Endgame, having such a big role in those movies, which two of the biggest movies of all time, I think has been great to see, especially in the last Guardians of the movie, seeing uh, that character arc continue going from the villain to the hero uh, has been great to see. So I will have Nebula with the second pick. 
Yeah, yeah. You you know me well. You know I was going Guardians of the Galaxy first. Uh, next, I mean. And yeah, so yeah, Nebula off the list. So I'm going to go with Gamora uh, as my pick. Also another strong um, uh, character arc there. Uh, it's 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 hard to choose between the two sisters there. But uh, gonna I'm going to have to go with Gamora. Nebula's, Nebula's a damn good pick, though. Um, yeah, so that's that's my second pick. Fair enough. I'm just making it easier for you. You're just picking whoever I'm not picking. <laughs> I'm not sure who y'all choose off of this next pick, though, but I will go with Shuri, a.k.a. the Black Panther, for the next one. After her first appearance in the Black Panther movie, uh, she was already a fan-favorite character. Um, there are plenty of superhero stories where there's the tech person that uh, doesn't get quite as big of a role, but I think she pretty well shined in that first Black Panther movie. Uh, with her humor and uh, just her personality as well, and then got benched a little bit in Infinity War and Endgame didn't have quite as big of a role there, but I think what they did with her in Black Panther 2, uh, considering the passing of Chadwick Boseman and the character arc that she had and uh, the kind of rage that she had and her guilt as well of feeling like she should have been able to help but wasn't able to, and kind of her acceptance by the end of the movie, I think Black Panther 2, one of the best movies that we've seen from the MCU in the past couple of years, and having her at the center of it. Uh, hopefully we see her more as well going forward, but I'm not sure with all the projects that they have when we will see her again, but ideally she has a pretty big role in the MCU going forward too. Yeah, yeah, feels like she will. Um, okay, this is this makes it a little tricky here okay i you know what i'm gonna go i'm gonna go with captain marvel um uh, carol danvers here uh just to try to grab one of the bigger uh female superheroes here she is yeah arguably the most powerful um uh, of the avengers so uh hopefully that is enough for people to be like oh yeah he's got he's got to win at least if these guys had to fight um there's a, there's a chance here because yeah black widow's probably not going to do much against scarlet witch so um, i'm gonna need uh, captain marvel to step up here and uh and add some uh power to my team there i'll i will therefore pick someone that might have a decent enough fair fight against black widow but i will go jessica jones for my next one uh we talked before this just to make sure that i could pick some of these characters that were in some of the shows that were part of the mcu and now might not be canon to the main timeline but we're in the multiverse now and hopefully we see jessica jones ideally in daredevil in the future so Hopefully she comes back to the MCU soon enough. But uh, what she did on the Netflix show, uh, especially the first season, I think is one of the best seasons of a Marvel show that we have ever seen. And seeing her character throughout that, I think the Defenders saga, or the eight-episode Defenders series in general is a bit underrated. I thought that was a very good show and balanced the four main characters very well. So... Uh, Jessica Jones, I would say over the first probably two phases of the MCU, probably uh, the most noteworthy female character that they had. Yeah, no, I, I yeah, I love that first season of Jessica Jones and, and David Tennant as the purple man as well um, was awesome. Um, damn, that makes me want to rewatch that first season. OK, um, all right, let's go. I am going to go here with my fourth pick. Oh God, I hate this. Uh, this is tough. Uh, I am gonna go with Valkyrie um, of the Thor franchise. Um, she, yeah, took over as the the leader of the Asgardians as well, while Thor was off on his his bender playing video games and and drinking and stuff. So, um, a very powerful character as well. So, I love Valkyrie. Um, I am gonna go with her uh, as my fourth pick. Fair enough. Um, since you picked someone in the upcoming movie, I feel like I should pick at least one person from that movie. So I will go with Kamala Khan, aka Miss Marvel, for the last one. Miss um, Marvel, or it's one of the best uh, Disney Plus shows that we've had so far, especially in the Marvel world. Um, if you look at the top reviewed shows, um, it's right up there as probably the best well-reviewed MCU thing that's existed so far. And a lot of that has been because of Kamala Khan and uh, the actress that portrays her and how well she did. And I think she'll be a huge star in the Marvels as well upcoming. So I think it'll be good to see what they do with their character going forward. But I think having that kind of balance on my team, I think I have a lot of fairly different characters. And I think having 
at least one of the characters who will ideally be in the Young Avengers if the MCU ever gets to a Young Avengers project would be good to have on the team. Yeah, yeah. I feel like they're building to that at some point for sure. Um, oh, man. All right. Last pick. It's either it's between Okoye um, or Mantis for me. I'm gonna go Mantis. I just to keep the 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 Guardians of the Galaxy um brand going here because yeah, I can't help myself. Um yeah, gotta go Mantis. Um love that character introduced in in Guardians 2, and uh she has been excellent um in, in all of her appearances. So uh yeah, Mantis is gonna be my last one. So that gives me Black Widow, Gamora, Captain Marvel, Valkyrie, and Mantis. You have Scarlet Witch, Nebula, Shuri, Jessica Jones, and Miss Marvel. So it's going to be another close one, I think. Um, this will be this will be fun to see uh, what the results are. We'll put that Twitter poll out there uh, today at some point. But yeah, that that's going to wrap up uh, today's episode of the PFF Fantasy Podcast. Thank you all for listening, uh, Nate. Thank you for coming up with this big list of players for people to choose players from for people to choose from as well as we head to the waiver wires today in hopes of landing at least a few of these guys. But before you go, let everyone know what you have up on PFF.com this week. Sure, had the recap to all of the games from this past week. If you're interested in going back and seeing what happened in those games, if you missed out, I have the waiver wires that was updated this morning. I have five to add, five to drop, five to buy low, five to sell high that went up today. Also had rest of season rankings go up today. So if you're trying to make decisions of who to trade or who to add and drop as well, uh, just seeing who's ranked higher or lower on that, that list should help you out there. I uh, will have the start set article that will be going up in uh, two days and we'll have my normal rankings go up later today and an article form tomorrow perfect um yep and then as for me i'll have the idp fantasy report up today that'll have the idp waiver wire targets in there for those people playing in those defensive player leagues um and then all the snap shares and utilization for those players and then the usual uh schedule of the idp rankings uh wide receiver man zone coverage report and o-line d-line matchups to target and avoid in the week ahead um yeah i'll be back with the weekly idp preview tomorrow and then back with kate on thursday previewing the offensive side of the ball so thank you all for listening and until next time peace out